Good evening. Glad that you could be back with us this evening. We have a special guest with us this evening, Brother Elisha Bereso. Uh, Debbie and I were privileged to be able to make a trip to the Philippines and were hosted by Brother Bereso's mom and dad. I asked Debbie just before the service what year that was. I thought it was just three or four years ago. We were there in 2012, so you were probably 12, right? <laughs> we're delighted to have Elisha here. His folks were kind, so kind to us. I was able to speak at their Bible conference, and uh, they hosted us each day. I guess we ate every meal with them except breakfast in that whole week that we were there. I'll never forget the suckling pig we had one evening. We have not been able to have a suckling pig for him, however. I couldn't find one around here to, to uh, roast for him, but we did arrange for it to be almost as hot here as it was in the Philippines, right? Well, we're glad to have him. He's going to be, he just uh, finished his Bible school training at uh, college in Marietta, Ohio. He'll be going back to the Philippines he plans to start a church about two hours from where his mom and dad are, and I know that he'll do a great job. He's just finished college, and he's ready to start his work, and we're glad to have him here with us. You welcome him to the pulpit, if you would, please. Good evening, church, and thank you, Pastor Jan, for allowing me to be here. My name is Brother Elisha Bereso. I am 28, 29 years old and single up to October 23rd. I'm still single for now, but this coming October 24th, I met my lovely fiance. Her name is Mr. Miss Jane Rose Pagko. I met her at the college and she went back last January. And uh, we are so excited to um, be one together and she said that she will be, she's excited to go to my island because in the Philippines, it's composed of islands after islands. She has different language, different culture, and she said that whatever God leads you, I will go. Whatever you feed me, I will swallow. But <laughs> I was born and raised in a Christian family where my father is a pastor, and I thank God that this church supports my my dad, his name is Emmanuel Bereso. My mother is Marietta, just like Marietta, Ohio. And my sibling is Emmanuel, Phoebe, and David. And every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, I'm always present at the church. In fact, I memorize a lot of verses because if I'm not present at the church, I know what will happen to me. My father would spank me. So I was obliged to go to church I was obliged to memorize lots of verses. And I thought, in, in fact, when my, my mom asked me, do you know where you go to, to, do you know where you're going to go when you die? I said, yes, in heaven. Because that's what they thought, taught in the Sunday school. But at the age of nine years old, we were having a film showing ministry in one of the next town, and they presented the burning hell, how it pictures about the hell. And as I, as I watched the film, I only ask oneself, what if? What if I'm going to hell? What if I'm going to hell? And as the invitation came, I realized that 
I did not accept Jesus Christ, my personal Savior. So as the invitation came, I realized that I am not saved. I accepted Christ, my personal Savior. And at the age of 15, we were attending a camp in the next island of Cebu. And in the third day, I felt that God is calling me. And I kneeled forward and surrendered my life into the ministry. And my previous ministry in my dad's church, I am the youth pastor for four years. And my ministry is all about young people. So we have this, what we call uh, young uh, sports evangelism. And in fact, this guy right there, I can those uh, pictures up, up, up there are the products of our sports evangelism. In fact, one of the, one of the product there is the pastor of Pastor Fedileto Racal's church. Because of that ministry, we, we, we change the life of young people. We, we, we share them the gospel because we gather the young people and then preach the gospel. And then, then we, have a, we have what we call this a sports. And then in, 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 in we have a, what we call the campus ministry. And, and, and to get, again, it's all about young people. And there was one moment that it changed the whole story. It changed my whole story. I said that, Father, I, do, I want, if you're praying that you want me to, to be a pastor, that's another story. I could support you in the ministry. I could support you in, in, his, in the ministry. But if you're saying that you want me to be a pastor, that's another story. But there was a strong typhoon, November 13, November 8 of 2013. The strongest typhoon hit in the Philippines. 15,000 people died. 80% of the buildings and structures was being destroyed. And thank God that we were safe. Thank God that God saved us. At the age of four, at, at, at the year 2014, God gave me a burden. Because help coming from different countries to supply their needs, to rebuild their houses. And I said that people are trying to help their needs physically. But what should we do in spiritual, in spiritual aspects? God burdened my heart. In 2015, I started surveying the area. I surveyed the place called Bye Bye Leite. It was two hours away from my from home church. And then not even one Baptist church was being built. But God made an open door. I studied it in Marietta Bible College last 2016. And last 2018 of May, I just graduated and I'm set to go back this coming August 30. So I have four weeks left here in your country. But in spite of being away from home, I have ministries there, here, here. We have street preaching ministry, and we have the youth camp counselor. I was involved in different churches. I was involved in, in some other churches that, had, that has camp. So I was, I was uh, being involved in the ministries. And to give you a feedback here in about Bye Bye Leite, Bye Bye is a, a town in Leite, and it has a population of 
109,432. I will start a church in Baybay Leyte. That's that a red arrow emphasizes a church. I surveyed the area, and there was no single church in Baybay area. 80% of the population are Catholic, and and they know the God. They know who is Jesus Christ. It's hard to win Catholic people because they know everything. And our vision, my vision, in 2030, that in the island of Leyte, at least there is one church in every town. And my goal is to start a church in Baybay Leyte. And in fact, last December 2017, they have started a church there. Our main church helped me. In spite I am away, I am away. They helped me through that process, and then last December of 2017, they started a church. They have three families consecutively attending, and through God be the glory that um, uh, there are families that are attending now. And we didn't have a church there, just like this one. We just rented a house, and then we gathered the people. And, and the reason why I am here in front of you, to present my vision, to present my burden, that if you could catch up my vision, I'm just, I'm just praying that God would, would uh, find me partners in the ministry. For just $30 a month or $1 a day, just like coffee, you have to sacrifice one coffee a day to supply the needs in um, bye-bye. And I am now in my 50% of my percentage goal, my 1,000 uh, support, and I am now in my 50%. And, and in bye-bye later, there are no vehicles. Their main means of transportation, their means of transportation is tricycle. It's like a motorbike with a sidecar. So it, it's, uh, it can accommodate up to three people. But we are praying we have, we have already the uh, remaining balance. The remaining balance is 1,500 for this, this uh, bus or this cab is uh, pricing about $5,000 and we just only need 1,500. And please pray for this. I go, as I go back to the Philippines, we could uh, completely pay the said amount. Again, thank you so much for supporting my dad. It's, it, it's been a great help. Because of your support, people are being saved. People are getting saved. Because of your support, I am now one of the product of your sacrifice and effort. And again, I am, I am going to another place and will start a church and duplicate my father's ministry. Little by little, Little by little, God will provide. And thank you so much for, for being a partner of my dad's church. And again, thank you for, for allowing me to be here. I have four months left. I have four weeks left. I'm set to go back this coming August 30. And please pray that God will supply all the needs. I could be... Um, I, could, I could have at least 80 or 90% of my support goal. And thank you so much for allowing me to be here. And 
Let's go to preaching of the word, Pastor. Let's open our Bible in the book of Nehemiah. One of my favorite characters in the Bible is Nehemiah. Nehemiah. Let's open our Bible in the book of Nehemiah chapter 1, verses 1 to 6, and chapter 2, verses 17 down to verse number 18. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 1 to 6, shall we all stand in, in reverence to the word of God? In verse number 1, the words of Nehemiah, the son of Akaliah, and came to pass in the month of Chelsea in the 20th year, as I was in Susan, the palace Susan is the capital city of Persia, and that Hanani, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And verse number three, and they said unto me, The remnant that are left of captivity there in, in province are in great affliction. And reproach, the wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Verse number four, and it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Verse number five, and, I, and said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God, that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. In verse number six, let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open, that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant which I pray before thee now, day and night, for the children of Israel thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have seen against thee, both I and my father's house have sinned. In chapter 2, verses 17 to 18, it says here, Then said I unto them, Ye see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come and let us build up the walls of Jerusalem that we be no more a reproach. In verse number 18, Then I told them the hand of my God which was good upon me, as also the, the king's word that had spoken unto me. And they said, Let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this great privilege that we could worship you in spirit and in truth. Thank you, O God, for allowing me to, to preach your word and bless your here. As they hear your word. This will last and pray in Christ's name. Amen. Let's all be seated. Life is full of decision. Life is a matter of decision. In fact, everything we do, it is composed of decision. And two things that will happen if we make decisions. Either it will make us or break us. In fact, in everyday life, we have to decide either what going to prepare in the food on the table, what to, what to prepare during breakfast, what to prepare during lunch, what to prepare during dinner. In my first four months here in America, I had a hard time eating American food because I was used in rice in the morning, rice at lunch, rice in the evening. So everyday rice. In fact, we have, you have four weathers here in America, summer, winter, fall, and spring. So we are not used in wearing these clothes. Our weather is two kinds of weather, hot and hotter. So we are used in short sleeve. And in fact, we have what we call the, you can, it's either your decision to choose a car, either American built, European built, or Japanese built. It is a matter of decision. And the reason why 
you are sitting in the pew because you seek God first above all things. And the reason why I am here standing in front of you because Pastor John, God touched the heart of Pastor John. It is a matter of decision. In fact, decision can lead in two ways, either positive or negative. And in the passage we have read, Nehemiah was in Sushan the palace. Sushan is the capital city of Persia, and he had an important role. He was a king's cupbearer. So he has an access to the king. He was, uh, he was closer to the king. And one morning, there was a knock on the door. His friend, Hananai. Hananai came, and he asked about Jerusalem. He thought that he could receive a better news. He thought that he could receive a good news. But he received a bad news in verse number 3. And they said unto me, The remnants that are left of captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Just like our country, we were colonized by the Spaniards for 300 years. That's why our dialect is borrowed Spanish. We say, Kumustas, hello. We say, Amigo, my friend. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco. We count the numbers. And in fact, our religion is from Spaniards. Spaniards. Because Filipinos, uh, Spaniards came, they bring two things in their hand. And they let the Filipinos choose, either the cross or the sword. And, and Filipinos love to, they love to live, so they choose the cross. But in spite of that, help came from America. American troops came to our nation, and we have our freedom, we have our liberty, because your American, your American troops came to our nation. Three M's that Americans brought in the Philippines. First, they brought their militaries. That's why we have our freedom, because they fought against Spaniards. And then we have what we call missionaries. That's the reason why we heard the gospel, because missionaries came to our nation and spread the gospel, spread the good news. And thirdly, McDonald's. That's why we are enjoying French fries. Three things that Americans came, Americans bring us. So Nehemiah was concerned about Jerusalem because it was a holy city. It was a national identity and it represents Jewish national identity. Before I left in the Philippines, my dad gave me three advices. He said, son, I want you to bring these three advices. I want you to bring these three things. Number one, bring the jawbone. I said, what's all about the jawbone? I said, whatever your pastor, whatever your professor tells you, put it in your mind, put it in your heart. Okay, okay. Secondly, bring the wishbone. I said, what's all about the wishbone? Wishbone is focus on your goal, focus on your desire, because when you go to America, you have a decision either good or bad. Okay, okay. And thirdly, bring the backbone. Because when you go to America, you have to decide on your own. Either it be good or it be, it be bad. No more papa there, no more mama there. And to God be the glory, for two years, I applied all these three things. And I can say, Dad, I applied these three bones. 
you've given me. He wanted, Nehemiah wanted to return to Jerusalem because he wants to rebuild the walls that is broken down. Uh, when he heard these words, in verse number 4, he sat down and wept. Is there any time that when you heard the news, you have nothing to do except cry? Is there a time in your life when you heard this some when you heard some news that you have nothing to do except cry? Nehemiah sat down and wept and mourned certain days before the unto the God of heavens. Wall symbolizes peace, wall symbolizes security, wall symbolizes electrical force in the ancient times. A city must be built, must must have walls because anytime the enemies will attack. Any times the enemies will attack either west, east, south, or north. So they have to secure the city with walls. And that's the reason why Nehemiah was concerned about the walls. In our Christian life, we need to build four walls. We need to build four walls in order to, to fight against the devil and in order to grow maturely. Four walls that we need to build in our Christian life. It's very common. It's very familiar. Number one, we need to build the walls of prayer. I want us to understand that thank, we thank God that God has given us the privilege to call unto Him. Thank God that He hears our prayer, not just hears. He answers our prayer. Whatever struggles, whatever burdens, whatever decisions, whatever circumstances, whatever trials you have, we have a Father that knows our need. All we have to do is to talk to Him. You will never know the power of God until you attempt to do something impossible. Nehemiah wept. Nehemiah mourned. Nehemiah prayed before the gods of heaven. Now I want you to understand that we have the privilege to talk to the Lord in prayer because we are His people. Nehemiah talked to God Whatever struggles you have, whatever difficulties you have, whatever decisions you have, talk to the Lord in prayer. There's a song, there is no problem too big, God could not solve it. There is no mountain too tall, He could not move it. There is no sorrow too dark, He cannot come it. God is inviting us to share our burdens with Him. There is a God who cares for our need. All you have to do is an open heart to talk to our Heavenly Father. Thank God that we have a God who answers prayer. Jeremiah 32, 32 verse 7, is anything too hard for God? No. Every, can, everybody can pray. Not everybody could, could play the piano. Not everybody could operate the PA system. Not everybody could operate this instrument. But everybody could pray. And I want us to understand that we have, we have the privilege of prayer. But we are living in today's generation what we call the high-tech generation. We are living what we call the smartphones generation. We have what we call the app Twitter we have what we call the Instagram. We have what we call the Snapchat. In Snapchat, if you communicate each other within 
five days consecutively, they called it five days straight. When you communicate each other for 10 days straight, they call it 10 days consecutive, they call it 10 days straight. Now, now let's do it in prayer. Did you communicate to our Heavenly Father five days straight? Did you communicate to our Heavenly Father 10 days straight? Or even, did you communicate to Him 30 days straight? Or 365 days straight? That's what we call Instagram. You can follow the people, can follow people, person, celebrity. But do we follow what is written in the Bible? Do we follow what is right? And we have what we call Facebook, where you can post, post anything. But did we face this book? I want us to understand that prayer is very important in our Christian life. A day without prayer is a day without power. God without man, remember, God without man, he's still God. He don't change his value. But man without God, he is nothing. The breath we take, the protection the provision, it's all come from God. And I want us to understand that prayer is like an oxygen in our Christian life. Number two, I want us to understand that build, not just build the walls of prayer, but also build the walls of Scripture. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Some people eat three times a day. Some people eat six times a day. Some people eat 10 times a day. I want to understand that in our Christian life, we need to feed our soul through the scripture. They say books in this world can give us information, but only this Bible can transform lives. Books in this world can transform, can inform, can inform, but only this Bible can transform. I will, I, will not, I will not go to the to place called Bye Bye and preach about encyclopedia. I will not go to, to Bye Bye later and preach about dictionary. I will not go to Bye Bye and preach about general knowledge. But I, I'm going to Bye Bye and preach about the gospel. This is the condition of our man. This Bible contains the condition of our man, condition of man. That there are two places that, that a man should go, either heaven or hell. And... and and, 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 and this, is, this, is, this book contains the gospel. In fact, this book contains everything we need to know. Jesus Christ, he was buried, resurrected. He was, he was buried, resurrected, and the third day he was, he was died, buried, and resurrected. And the third day he was arise. And I want to understand that this book contains everything. This book contains the whole people some people stood for this Bible. Some people stood to have this Bible. This old book has the same power from the old times. And I thank God that we have the privilege to read this book. I thank God that we have the privilege to study this book. 
In fact, in some other nations, they don't allow this book to be read. In fact, in some other nations, they don't allow people to read publicly. But I thank God that people fought for this because they know that this book contains everything. Build up, your well, build up yourselves in the scripture. Number one, build up, your, build up, build up the walls of, of prayer. Build up the walls of scripture. And thirdly, build up yourselves, build up your walls in fellowship. Prayer, scripture, and fellowship. I may have black hair. I may, have, I may be short. I may have different culture. I may have different background. But we have one thing in common. The God that I serve is the same God that you serve. The God that we serve in the Philippines is the same God that you serve in America. Fellows in the same ship. Fellowship. We have one thing in common is to glorify God. As I visited churches around America, it saddens my heart that when I was in Florida, I visited a church. They have a big, big church building, but their members only 12 people. And I ask myself, what's lacking? They forget about fellowship. Romans, Hebrews 10, 5, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Just like bonfire, if you try to remove the wood out of fire, this wood will slowly die, but this fire still remains. When a person stops reading the Bible, when a person stops praying, next is attending the church. They will slowly, slowly, slowly be out of church. And I want us to understand that do not forsake the fellowship. In Psalms 22, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And we thank God that we have the privilege you, have, you, are, you are privileged to have this kind of church. You are privileged that you have this kind of facility. We wish that we could have this kind of facility. Do not forsake the fellowship because this is the place where you could grow. This is the place where you could share your burden. This is the place where you could share your prayer request and fellowship with each other believers. Do not forget about building this kind of walls. Build the walls of prayer. Build the walls of scripture. Build the walls of fellowship. And thirdly, lastly, build the walls of service. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the works of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. If you have ministry here, you drive the bus, you sing in the 
stage. Thank God you have used your life in this ministry. Maybe your talent, maybe your time, maybe your treasure. Your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And eternity will tell how much the impact of your ministry. When you become loyal to your boss, your boss will give you promotions, will give you incentives, or give you higher ranking. But when you become faithful to the Lord, a faithful man shall abound with many blessings. And I want us to understand that do not forsake the service. I remember one person who came to the island of Philippines. His name is Dr. Babius. Dr. Babius preached the gospel in spite of difficulties, in spite of the language barrier. He preached the gospel, and because of his consistency, there was one man got saved. His name is Dr. Gisalva. Dr. Gisalva, he was a medical doctor, and he forsake his medicine and preached the gospel, continues to preach the gospel, continues, continues to, to, to spread the good news. In spite of difficulties, in spite of trials, he continues what he's doing. But because of his service, my dad got saved. Because of my dad's service, in spite of the difficulties, in spite of the struggles, in fact, I lost one brother named Elijah. We were in the ministry, but in spite of the difficulties, in spite of the hardship, he continues the service, and that's why I am now the second generation. You were not saved by the snap of the finger. You were saved, you got saved because somebody shared the gospel. You got saved because somebody sit with you and share the gospel. Edward Campbell, who is a Sunday school teacher, led D.L. Modi. D.L. Modi continues his service in spite of his struggles and under his ministry, Wilbur Chapman got saved. Wilbur Chapman continues his service, continues the spreading the gospel, and because of his ministry, Billy Sunday got saved. Billy Sunday continues his service, spread the gospel, continues his service. Mordecai Ham got saved. Mordecai Ham spread the gospel, continues the service, and but because of his service, because of his service, Billy Graham got saved. I want us to understand that only eternity will tell how much the impact of ministry. Maybe someday, when you go up to heaven, someone will poke you, a Filipino guy, and said, thank you for giving your life to the Lord. Or a Hawaiian, and say, thank you, because you send your small amount in the missions. Or in Russia, say thank you because of your generosity, I got saved. 
maybe people will come in by from different ethnic, different race, and they will say, thank you for giving your life to the Lord. Pastor Hamby, thank you for giving your life to the Lord. Before I close, I was in Virginia at the time. I was in Virginia presenting my mission work, presenting my goal, presenting my burden, catching up the vision. And one pastor came to me and said, so do you, you're a youth pastor, huh? I said, yes, pastor. I said, why don't you work for me for two years and I will support you full time? There was a battle between my comfort and God's calling. There was a battle between my comfort living in America and my God, what God wants me to do. But because I love the Lord, I said to the pastor, Pastor, it's a good offer, but I want to be in the will of God. He never supported me, but I know that God will provide my needs. You know what, church? Nehemiah said to King Artaxerxes, I want to go back to my country and rebuild the walls. The king could have offered him bigger salary. The king could have offered him higher position. The king could have offered him many blessings, but he was determined to go back to the nation to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. I want us to understand how are you determined to build your walls, building your walls of prayer, building your walls of scripture, building your walls of fellowship, and building your walls of service. Only God and you can, can answer those questions. If you need to recommit yourself, the altar is wide open, and I want us to, Pastor Jan Hamby, to come over and deal with invitation, and let's pray. Shall we all stand, please, and let's bow down to the Lord in prayer. Our gracious and loving Father, Lord, we just want to say thank you for all the things that you've done. Thank you for the privilege that I could be a blessing to this church. Thank you, God, for Pastor Jan Hamby. Thank you for this church. And I know, God, Lord, that uh, uh, you will be a blessing to this church. Thank you for supplying my needs. And I pray that you will bless us. This us and pray.